With you right here on CBS Sports. Right here it is. Ryan Hick. A very, very happy Saturday to you and a happy weekend to you. One more weekend until Christmas is here, which really, I mean, we all kind of agree. Whether you're working or not, it's really one more week until the unofficial calendar work year is over. I mean, that, that week between Thanksgiving, uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's, whether you're in the office or not, it's and you're not really working. So one more week to go here. One last weekend before really the final week of work uh, for 2023 at least does commence. So congratulations. We're almost home. And thank you for spending your weekend with us right here on CBS Sports Radio. All right. The inevitable has finally happened. Brandon Staley fired. Also GM Tom Telesco fired as well from the steel, uh, from the Chargers on Friday. And now that they have finally moved on and have turned over a new leaf, it is paramount now for the Chargers moving forward that they make sure they don't repeat this same mistake again. Which means they need to hire someone who, one, knows what the hell they're doing, and two, can command respect from everyone in the locker room. Sounds obvious, but I think it's harder to find that than you really think. Which is why I have compiled a list here of five names the Chargers should call. These are the only five names the Los Angeles Chargers should be interested in hiring and talk to when it comes to trying to hire them to be their next head coach. Here are the five coaches in order of who they should call and who they should try to hire. Number one, Sean McVay. Number two, Kyle Shanahan. Number three, Shane Steichen. Number four, Brian Dayball. Last, but certainly not least, number five, Jim Harbaugh. Those names are very specific for a reason. Number one, not only are they they damn good head coaches, but they are ones that command respect immediately. And those are the five coaches that if you hire any one of the five, will guarantee what happened with Brandon Staley will not happen again here over the next few years. There's a reason why the phrase learn history to not repeat it is so popular and so true. And if you were those charges right now, you have to recognize, okay, why did Brandon Staley fail? And once you find out that answer, then going forward, you can realize, okay, well, how can we make sure that same mistake doesn't happen again? So if we answer that first question, Why did Brandon Staley fail? The easy and the obvious answer is because his defense stunk. Every other problem you can, you know, look at with Brandon Staley and equate to and point the blame at his and his feet while the Chargers underachieved in his three years there, making only one playoff appearance and winning zero playoff games. It all could be traced back to having a bad defense because it's impossible for anyone else on the team to take what he's saying seriously, to believe in him, to trust in Staley, to lead them to the right direction when his side of the ball is constantly failing. Like, think about it in your line of work or whatever it may be. Like, imagine you are a line cook, and the head chef comes over to you nightly, weekly, whatever it may be, and says, hey, look, the broccoli rob, eh, a little too little too crunchy, a little too well done. Let's, let's work on that. You wouldn't take them seriously if every single night Dishes that he makes, the head chef makes, are getting sent back. If the reviews are poor. If the food quality is just not great. 
it's hard to rally around someone when they can't even do their own job well. Imagine you were in sales and your boss comes to you and says, hey, look, that, that closing pitch you had, eh, didn't like that final line there. Well, let's work on that. But your boss has no people skills and can't close a sale to save his life. You're not listening to him. You're not trusting what he's saying or she is saying because they can't get their affairs in order. Right? They can't handle their own business first. And because of that, you don't trust what they are saying to you. That's what happened with Brandon Staley. Like, he was labeled as a defensive mastermind. Like, that was why the Chargers were hiring him in the first place, coming off of that 2020 season he had with the Rams, where the Rams' defense was first in total defense and first in points per game allowed. But then you look at his three years with the Chargers. 2021, that L.A. defense was 30th in scoring D, 23rd in total defense. Last year, 2022, tied for 21st in scoring defense, 20th in total defense, yards allowed. And then this year, Chargers right now are 27th in scoring defense. Which somehow, that's 63 that was dropped on them uh, on Thursday by the Raiders. Didn't inflate that number even higher. But they are 27th in scoring defense this year and 29th in total defense. So the defensive mastermind in Brandon Staley had some of the worst defenses the league has seen in the last three years. How can anyone else on the team take him seriously when he can't even figure out the one side of the ball he was labeled as being a guru for? So you, it's no, it's no shock whatsoever to see that team completely quit on him. I mean, it was evident on Thursday. That was the ultimate, we hate our coach, we don't trust our coach, we don't believe in our coach. That was a total, flat-out no-show by the Chargers. They quit. They quit on their head coach in large part because you see how this defense is run consistently. How they keep on, by the way, allowing in the biggest games of the year, they are constantly the problem as to why the Chargers aren't winning. Always near the bottom of the league when it comes to defensive rankings. That is why Brandon Staley lost the locker room. That is why the team quit on him. It all goes back to his struggles on the defensive side of the football in his three years as Chargers head coach. So if you are now the Spanos family and you are looking to hit the reset button, that is why going back to those five names I gave you, they have to be the only five names on the list because in order to, to prevent history from repeating itself here in 2024 and beyond, you got to make sure that first and foremost, the person you hire, which I don't see why you would not be an offensive-minded head coach and you have Justin Herbert, and that's the way the league is moving. You go offensive-minded head coach, you have to make sure flat-out number one, they have a command of the offense, and they know what the hell they're doing. From there, that's when you can command respect. Like, I think if you're the Chargers, you got to aim to hire someone that walks in day one, knows what they're doing, and everyone in the locker room respects. And that's why I don't think hiring a hotshot coordinator is the way to go. You tried that on the defensive side with Brandon Staley in 2021, failed. Look, no disrespect to, to Ben Johnson or Eric Bieniemy, right? Two up and coming, not, not up and coming, you know what I'm saying, in terms of head coaching candidates as offensive minds. Two names are going to be a lot of people's lists this offseason when coaching jobs are, are all over the place. I, I'm not saying they're going to fail. I just want to want to risk it. I, if I'm the Chargers, with Justin Herbert right now entering his prime and getting close to that extension kicking in, 
I wouldn't want to risk bringing in a first-time head coach and having it basically be Brandon Staley 2.0, which goes back to McVay, Shanahan, Steichen, Dayball, Harbaugh. All five of those head coaches, proven head coaches, know what they're doing, can win no matter who is on the field. I mean, Shane Steichen and Brian Dayball are winning games with Gardner Minshew and Tommy DeVito. No disrespect to them, but come on. What are we talking about here? Look at the success they are having and winning more games, by the way, than the Chargers with those guys playing way more than anyone ever anticipated. Those coaches know what they are doing. And honestly, if you're the Chargers, this is about finding the face of your franchise. You would assume, right, oh, that would be Justin Herbert. They need to hire a head coach that is the face of the franchise because this organization has been rudderless, has been directionless, has been a mess for almost the entirety of, it, of, his, uh, of its existence. And that's why Justin Herbert, I don't think, should be the face of the franchise. It should be the head coach because the head coach has to be the son of this organization. They are the staple. They are the constant. They want everything else in the organization orbits around. If you get someone like Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Brian Dayball, Shane Sykin, Jim Harbaugh, everyone, including Herbert, are orbiting around that head coach because they know what they're doing. They command respect. And every other decision they make going forward can be trusted to be the right one because they have a long history of success. They know what they're doing. They bring competency, not just to the head coaching position for the first time in a long time in L.A. for the Chargers, but also they bring organizational um, competency. They're not the GM, but they can give a lot of good perspective and a lot of good input on every other aspect of the team, not just calling plays or not just running the offense. They have the entire control of the organization. That is what the Chargers need. That is what the Chargers have been missing for years. And that's why those five specific names I gave you should be the only five names on the list for the Chargers this offseason to go bring in and hire. Uh, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Shane Sykin, Brian Dayball, Jim Harbaugh. That's it. All five of those guys are true franchise changers, and all five of those guys can make you immediate Super Bowl contenders this time next year. I know what you're going to say. Well, Ryan, why would the Rams give up Sean McVay? Why would Kyle Shanahan leave the 49ers? I'm not telling you that any of these four, the first four head coaches I gave you, McVay, Shanahan, Steichen, Dayball, would leave. Or that their teams would trade them. I don't know. But if I'm the Chargers, I'm doing whatever it takes to get them on my team. I'm giving up picks. I'm giving up every player except Herbert to get one of those coaches on my team in order to really turn this franchise around. And if the Rams say no, and Chuck McVay doesn't want to go, he's not tempted by Justin Herbert, and he wants to stay with the Rams. If Kyle Shanahan says no, which I definitely think he would, and the 49ers would as well. If Shane Sykin rather work with Anthony Richardson, if Brian Dayball rather work with Daniel Jones or the Giants saying no, that's why the fifth and final name on this list is uh, is Jim Harbaugh. You go to Michigan, you give Harbaugh an offer he can't refuse, you give him the keys to the organization and say, Jim, 
Welcome back to the NFL. Let's go make this team relevant, competent again. Those five guys, I think, are the five guys that Chargers need to target. They got to go big game hunting here. It's not enough to go offensive coordinator or, in some cases, retread head coach. You have to go in this specific situation with Justin Herbert, with still room to, you know, make moves on offense, with some upcoming salary cap hell you're about to experience. You need to go get a big fish, reel them in, and help guide this organization to actual Super Bowl contention for the first time. They have always had a lot of talent. They've never maximized that talent, whether it was Marty Schottenheimer, whether it's Anthony Lynn, whether it's Brandon Staley. They never got the most out of this roster. It is time to change, and that's why that starts with hiring a head coach that can actually change the, the direction of your franchise. Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Shane Steichen, Brian Dayball, Jim Harbaugh. Make the call at the first four, say no, 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 no. Jim Harbaugh, here's an offer. I know you want to come back to the NFL. Here's an offer you can't refuse. That is how the Chargers fix right now the direction of their franchise. That is how they get back to being, or not get back to, that is how they truly become, for the first time in my lifetime, being almost 30 years old, that is how they become Super Bowl contenders. So 855-212-4227. That is the number on this Saturday morning. 855-212-4227. On social media at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. Who should the Chargers hire as their head coach? What name right now do you circle and say, that is the can't miss, perfect Guy for the job right now in L.A. Oh, I think I missed I missed the hook. I was going to say, the Staley days are over. That's, I'm sure, what every Chargers fan is singing right now to themselves. The Staley days are over. Oh, the Staley days are gone. I'll save the singing for Florence and the Machine. But it is a joyous day now if you are a Los Angeles Chargers fan because now an incompetent head coach is off your team and a new chapter now could start moving forward. And with how this Chargers team just completely quit on Brandon Staley, I think first and foremost, because when you see his defense labeled as a defensive mastermind, and that defense being one of the worst in the league each and every year, he was uh, the Chargers head coach. It's impossible to gain respect or have the team listen to you, trust you, when you can't get your own side of the ball in order. So if you're the Chargers, first and foremost, you have to bring in a guy that is going to command respect from everyone in the locker room. And how you do that is by bringing in a guy that knows what the hell he's doing. Which is why if I'm the Chargers, there are only five names I am considering for this job. Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Shane Steichen, Brian Dayball, Jim Harbaugh. First four, obviously, are current head coaches. If those head coaches aren't enticed by working with Justin Herbert, if the team's that they're employed by saying no, you go to Jim Harbaugh, you go to Michigan, or not only Michigan, you go to Harbaugh himself, give him an offer he can't refuse, and bring him back to the West Coast, where last time he was in the NFL on the West Coast, did pretty damn good, I would say. Three NFC title game appearances and a Super Bowl appearance? Yeah, that's a guy who knows what he's doing and would command respect instantly. Those are the only five names 
I am considering if I am right now the Los Angeles Chargers because you need competency first and foremost. Who do you think is the best head coaching candidate right now for this Chargers open vacancy? 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. I just want to make one other point here before we do get your thoughts about the Chargers head coaching uh, position. And that is this. It is not as easy of a job as you think. Yes, you have the most important position covered in Justin Herbert, right? Being there quarterback and under contract. So it's rare that a, a coach opening comes uh, available with such a talented quarterback as Herbert, who is easily in the top 10, depending on what your rankings are, top five quarterback. You rarely see uh, jobs like that open up. But here's why it's still not as easy as you think. This roster needs a massive overhaul. Like, look at offense alone. You have right now Keenan Allen about to be 32 years old. He is your best wide receiver. He's also right now on the wrong side of 30 and going, obviously, in the wrong direction age-wise. His production, you got to imagine, is going to start to trickle down sooner rather than later. And as a number one wide receiver, not ideal. Mike Williams, number two, or if you want to say 1A, is never healthy. Quinn Johnston, your number one overall or first-round pick of receiver, has been very, very disappointing so far in his early uh, early career. Austin Eckler is basically gone with how bad this year has gone and the tension that was caused by him trying to get a contract extension uh, this past offseason and not getting that whatsoever, and the Chargers not even willing to go to the table, basically, to talk extension. Um, I think those feelings are hurt, and I think he's going to be gone at the end of this offseason, signed somewhere else. So you basically have to revamp the entire wide receiving core and also, by the way, fix what was an all-pro caliber running back in Austin Eckler before this year, fix that up. Not to mention, defense is, is aging in all the wrong ways. That's an overrated defense with a lot of big names, not a lot of production. So this roster, I mean, aging in the wrong way, not a lot of production, a lot of big names, but don't really play the game as well anymore. You got a lot of overhaul to do. You got quarterback figured out, which is obviously, again, the, the hardest but you got, I mean, out of 53 spots, or at least we'll go starters, 22 starters. I mean, we're talking about half of that bare minimum between the offense and defense you got to replace before you can become a Super Bowl contender. It's a lot of work. It's not as simple as plug and play. It is a lot of work. So that's why also, you know, makes it all that more important to hire one of the five guys, uh, five guys I just told you because they know how to do more with less, and they could step in, and even if there are some roster deficiencies – still can win while also turning over the roster as well. So 855-212-4227. Who do you think right now is the best fit for the Chargers head coach opening? Let's go north of the border. Jeff is calling from Canada. What's up, Jeff? Hey, um, I I like most of your list. I, 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 the one I don't like is Daybold. Why I, is that? I just don't like what he's done. I mean... He, I haven't seen him do much in New York with the Giants. Granted, he doesn't have much to play with, but I just don't like what he's done. Um, I don't like his schemes. I can't see him working I, with somebody like with uh, Justin Herbert. A few things, Jeff. Are you, I mean, I don't know what part of Canada you're calling from. Are you a Bills fan? Nope, nope. nope. Okay. Not a Bills fan. Nope. I was going to ask, uh, okay, I was going to make a Josh Allen comparison, but that's fine. Just go, let's just focus on the Giants, like I said. Well, he's been there for uh, now a year and a half, right, Jeff? 
they went to the playoffs last year with a quarterback that no one really knew what to expect in Daniel Jones. You mentioned before, there's not a lot of pieces to work with whatsoever. It's Saquon Barkley and offense. You have a makeshift offensive line, no good receivers or tight end options whatsoever. They won a playoff game last year. Like, that's insane. That is insane. And this year, yeah, it's a crappy year. And now they're, I mean, they're sort of alive with Tommy DeVito, but they're done. They're not making the playoffs. But even so, you now you're winning games with Tommy DeVito. You had Josh Allen have his two best years under Brian Dayball. Like, everywhere he has gone, he has made, you know, has made magic offensively. And now you go to L.A. with Justin Herbert, who's a way better quarterback than Daniel Jones is. But you also have similar limitations, I think, offensively. Because, again, you look at the offense, you're going to have a lot of turnover with the Chargers offensively here. Dayball, last year alone, getting the Giants to the playoffs and winning a damn playoff game, showed you, I think, that he knows how to do more with less, especially offensively. Um, what about if if old man Bill's done in New England? Ah, uh, we're gonna get to that a little later on in the show. I'm glad you brought that up now, Jeff, and I appreciate the call, buddy. Uh, to very succinctly put it with Bill Belichick to the to the Chargers, no. I do not think Bill Belichick is the answer in LA. I would not even give the Patriots a call for a few reasons. Number one, again, we're talking about the offense. You have Justin Herbert figured out. You have a lot of other questions at wide receiver, at tight end, and at running back. Bill Belichick is the last person I am calling to figure out how to find guys at receiver, running back, at tight end to make Justin Herbert better. He's tried in the draft in New England. He's tried to make trades, and he's tried in for agency. All three have swung and missed. I am not trusting Bill Belichick to build a team around Justin Herbert, and I'll be honest, I don't think Bill Belichick at this point is an elite coach anymore. I don't. I could be wrong about that, but if I'm the Chargers, I don't want to find out. I'd rather have him go somewhere else and find that question out. Does Bill still have it? Let Carolina figure that out. Let the commanders figure that out. I don't want to be the one to to get the answer because if it fails, not only are you giving up a draft pick because I don't think the Patriots are going to fire Bill. I think they're going to try to trade him. So you're going to have to give up a first-round pick most likely for Bill Belichick. And you're going to have to give up control of the team, which, again, he's been a horrendous GM. And you're going to, what, go three years of Bill Belichick, maybe make the playoffs. I think also his philosophy on offense is outdated in the sense that he is someone who's more who skews more conservative offense and let's win games low scoring with our defense. Doing that's the way to, to win games in 2023 whatsoever. I, I don't... There's nothing right now I look at Bill Belichick and say that is the answer for the Chargers. I'm out. Out on Bill when it comes to him being the next Chargers head coach. We started in Canada. Let's stick in Canada. Go to Toronto. Glenn is there. What's up, Glenn? Hey, Ryan. How are you tonight? Doing good, man. Doing good. How about yourself? Well, uh, first off, if, if you don't mind, I just want to say that isn't it amazing what a toll can change in football because last week you were talking about Sean McDermott getting fired when the Bills lose against Kansas City. And if that toe was in the right place, I know that's what we're talking about, but there's a reason I'm going down this path. If that toe is, you know, onside, the Bills probably lose. If you saw the look on Josh Allen's face when that play was made, he didn't look overconfident. So they were probably going to lose that game. And then to what you said, Mr. McDermott might be uh, looking for new work too. So it's amazing how many outcomes came from that one toe. But anyways, in terms of that, uh, your list, I mean, you can pick any coach you want, 
But none of those, like, I, I don't think any one of them, except for Jim Harbaugh, is, is realistic because they're all, in teams, I think they want to set. I, I do think Brian Dayball, you talk about you got to have respect. He's only a year and a half coach. Yes, he's, he's run offenses, but they're kind of going down the same path. Um, and I know as soon as someone brought up Bill that you would be totally against it because you've mentioned that about Bill and Mike Tomlin before. So, because uh, to me, I think Mike Tomlin's gone. Like, you got to focus on coaches that are realistic and say what you want. When Mike Tomlin's had a quarterback, they've had obviously a very strong defense, which they certainly need some help on defense. And, you know, they've had uh, some, some good uh, production from good quarterbacks. This is a quarterback league, and once you have a quarterback, uh, which Pittsburgh does not, um, you know, it makes a huge difference. So, to me, on that list has got to be Mike Tomlin. I'd put Bill on that list. I know you're against both of them. But I think the other four are just not, you know, in the cards. And in terms of Mr. Harbaugh, um, there's going to be a lot of teams after his services. I think he's done with Michigan. But if Sean McDermott... If Sean McDermott is gone from Buffalo at the end of this year, which I still think he will be, I'm actually hoping, no offense to Mr. McDermott, but uh, we've discussed before I'm not a big fan, um, and that was long before what you know what came out last week. But uh, I think Jim Harbaugh would take a serious look at that opportunity. So anyway, that's all I have to say, but that toe changed everything last weekend. Oh, uh, it did. Anyway. Glenn, you are right about that. It did. Appreciate the call, buddy. Thank you for, your, uh, for chiming in there. A few things. Um, Number one, it comes to, let's talk about Mike Tomlin here. The Chargers, I think, under Brandon Staley, I think the biggest word you can use is underachieve, right? You had Justin Herbert, and you made one playoff appearance and did not win that playoff game, especially up 27 nothing. Obviously, we know uh, that. My, I look at Mike Tomlin, again, Super Bowl-winning head coach. The last 10 years, I would use the word underachieve to describe his Pittsburgh tenure. He's never had a losing season, yes. But when, like, when you watch right now the Steelers, even with Big Ben, like they had Ben Roethlisberger, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown on that team. And they made one AFC title game. Like they had a lot of talent. And they still weren't even really close to winning, you know, to competing for Super Bowls. Losing bad playoff games. Like Tomlin is a higher level, obviously, than Brandon Staley. But does Mike Tomlin get you over the top to win a Super Bowl? I don't think so. I don't think he does. He'll he'll get you in the playoffs every year, but I don't think he'll get you to Super Bowl contention, uh, which the Chargers are looking for. When it comes to the realistic nature of the five coaches I gave, Sean McDermott, uh, sorry, Sean McDermott, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Shane Sykin, Brian Dayball, Jim Harbaugh. The only one I think is truly unrealistic that has 0% chance of happening, but you still have to make the call anyway, is Kyle Shanahan. But I can easily make a case for the other four as to why it could happen. Number one, Sean McVay. He's flirted with the broadcast booth. He's flirted with stepping away from coaching. If you're the Rams, you have no idea how long he's going to coach for. If you're Sean McVay, you have Matthew Stafford, who is playing well this year, but his shelf life, right, is limited. He's been banged up his career. He's an older quarterback. Do you want to keep on running out the string of Matthew Stafford, or would you be reinvigorated? Would your love of coaching come back if you stayed, by the way, where you live now? You don't have to move. You don't have to move your family. You go across town to the Chargers, and now all of a sudden you're coaching a 25-year-old top-10 quarterback in the NFL. 
who's about to enter his prime for the first time in your career. I would say if you're McVay, that is one where if he goes to the, the Rams and say, look, I really want to go to the Chargers. They're going to give him a first-round pick. Please, basically, just let me go. I think they would because if you're, again, the Rams, you got to think, well, if he retires, we're going to get nothing for him. We can get at least a first-round pick here and get something back in terms of um, draft capital. If you are the Giants and if you're Brian Dayball, again, you look at your future right now. You have Tommy DeVito, Tyrod Taylor, and Daniel Jones as your quarterbacks. Daniel Jones is not very good. Tommy DeVito's that that's that luck is gonna run out. That 15 minutes of fame is gonna end. And then what? Then what are you gonna do? If you're Dayball and you say, look, to the Giants, we need a lot of talent, because they do. The, Gi- the Giants need a lot of talent at a lot of different positions. You're gonna get a first round pick that's gonna be top. 12, plus obviously your own. Trade me to the to the Chargers. Get that first-round pick for you to get your um, get some talent on this team, and I'm going to go to L.A. and work with Justin Herbert. If you're Shane Sykin, I think he likes, and I, I'm a Colts fan, so I don't want Shane Sykin traded. But with that said, Jim Mercer is a madman. I don't think Shane Sykin would leave, but he also did coach Justin Herbert his rookie year, got him a Rookie of the Year award. Um and Jim uh, Jim Irsay is crazy enough where, like, he could see that first-round pick and say, you know what, I'm going to take that pick, my pick, trade up to go get Marvin Harrison Jr. because he loves legacy Colts. I need to have every single Colt involved 24-7, so let me get Marvin's son here, and we'll go, you know, have that legacy continue. Jim Irsay, there's no predicting what Jim Irsay's going to do. So bare minimum, if you're the, the, the charges, you call Jim Irsay, there's a chance he says yes. He's dumb enough to say yes. So, four head coaches right now currently under contract. I'm the only one where you have no chance but still have to make the call anyway. Is Kyle Shanahan with San Francisco. And the other three coaches, you can make an argument and a pitch to the coach of the team as to why this makes sense and not get laughed at. Not have the door slammed in your face. That's why I think these names are realistic and are a possibility and not just a, a, a pie-in-the-sky pipe dream here that we're just talking about in Radioland, but it's not actually realistic in the real NFL. Boy, we need a good week. Last week was a bloodbath. Your boy went 2-3, and three, which means now for the season 29-24-2. and two. First losing week for yours truly in seven weeks. So the hot streak has ended for me. Unfortunately, as well, the hot streak has ended for the callers. It was rough for Tim in South Carolina. 0-5. A goose egg for Tim there. The first losing week for a caller in six weeks. So it is time to bounce back. That's what we do here heck at night. We get knocked down, but damn it, we get back up. Which means we're going to go out now and welcome to the hotline. Mike in Florida, who's here to compete this week and get his back on the winning ways. What is going on, Mike? Hey, I'm down here thinking about you guys on the radio. And uh, I've been working all week on my picks. That's all I can tell you because they just legalized sports betting at the Seminole Casinos. Uh-oh. And uh, Saturday was the first day that you could go. And I went over there Saturday and put my picks in. And uh, I didn't do as good as I should have, but I, I did okay. Let's try to give you then, Mike, a little Hickey's Pickies five-team parlay. Are you ready? Yep. All right, first game we got here. Saturday, 
Broncos at the Lions. Lions at home, four and a half point favor. Where are we going? Uh, take the Lions. They should bounce back this week coming home. I like it. Mike, I'm with you. Give me Detroit. They're in the dome, right? Jared Goff plays well indoors. Yep. I'm with you. Yep. I like that. Detroit minus four and a half. I'm with you there. Steelers at the Colts also on Saturday. Colts one and a half point favorites. Where are we going? Yeah, I got to go with Pittsburgh. Mike, we're two for two. I'm as a Colts fan. Pittsburgh. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. Even. I'll let you it. know why I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. Let's hear it. Because I started well, looking at the sheet and I looked at Pittsburgh and I said, you know what? They stink. They're done. They stink. They're never going to do anything. And whenever I feel that way, they turn around and win, whoever it is. So I, I love Pittsburgh. You know what's funny, Mike? As a Colts fan myself, that exact thought is why I'm picking the Steelers. I'm 100% with you. <laughs> Every time they're in this position, it feels like Mike Tomlin, when you yep. write them off, they yep. win, especially two on the road. I'm with you. Steelers do win here. Big one here, Sunday in Orchard Park. Cowboys at the Bills. Bills at home. Two and a half point favorites. A lot of people are now high on Buffalo after their win in Kansas City last week. I'm not. Give me the Cowboys on the road, plus two and a half. Don't need the points. They win outright. Mike, what are we saying here? No, I got to I gotta stay with Buffalo All only right. because they're going home. And uh, the Cowboys, their road record ain't that good. And uh, they, they've been playing good D, but they shut down some teams. But at Buffalo's offense, I, don't, I, expect them to, I expect them to put some points up. This is the game I have had the most difficulty picking. Ravens at the Jaguars, Sunday night football. How about Jacksonville? Two primetime games. Good for them. They deserve it. Ravens. I, I love, the, I, I love oh. Jacksonville's getting time on TV. Uh, I got to like the Ravens only because uh, I love the quarterback. I love their defense a little bit more. And I think Jacksonville's defense to me has been fading. Like, I thought they played good early in the year, but for some reason, they're, they're not playing as well lately. So, I got to like I gotta like Baltimore to win that game. Even at three and a half? No, I don't care about the points. Uh, sometimes, right. I, I really, I don't worry. Sometimes, I, I worry about it. But, no, nah, no, nah, Baltimore should, should take them by seven at least. I'm with you, Mike. I just, I like the Jaguars. Um, I want to believe in them. I just can't trust them this year. I, I, you're a good yep. point with the defense, too. They have been fading. All right, finally here, yep. Mike. Monday Night Football, Eagles right now. Two-game losing streak blown out in back-to-back games. On the road at Seattle. Eagles, three-point favorites. Looks like Geno Smith is going to play. Give me the Eagles. I like them here in a bounce-back spot. I think they do go to Seattle, get things right, and stop the panic right now going on in Philly. They win. They cover the three-point spread. Mike? Yeah, I got to agree with you there. I like Philly, too, just because wow. they're more reliable. And Geno's been playing great. He's coming off the injury with the Eagles' rush. Uh, one hit will put him back on the bench anyway. And uh, I don't know. I just like Philly to bounce back, too. I think they got a much better team. And I watched them. I watched them in the game they lost a little while back, Philly. And they impressed me a lot. They got. I mean, I, got, I consider all wide receivers in Miami to be probably up there at the top, but I didn't realize how good the wide receivers were on the Eagles. Oh, they are good. Them the other day. They, they are good. Wide receivers. So to recap here, we're both on Detroit minus four and a half at home against the Broncos. We're both on the Steelers yep. plus one and a half yep. on the road at the Colts. You are taking the Bills minus two and a half at home. I'm taking the Cowboys. We're both on the Ravens minus three and a half on the road at Jacksonville. Both yep. on the Eagles minus three on the road at Seattle. Mike, Either yeah. we're both turning it around or we're both back in the gutter. I think we're going to turn it around. I That's feel, what I'm I talking feel real about. good this week. I love the optimism, Mike. Thanks for coming to Hickey's Pickies, man.
All right. Thank you. Nice talking to you. Likewise. I love that's that's the energy we need. That's the energy we need for a turnaround. Mike in Florida, baby. Bring in the heat. Let's go. Rough week for your boy. Rough week for Tim in South Carolina last week. We are going to make up for it this week on Hickey's Pickies. All right. Big topic of the hour is Brandon Staley's now uh, departure from L.A. And an opening. Who do you think right now is the best fit for the Chargers head coach opening? Our guy Beck is in Florida. What's up, Beck? Hey, how's it going? Good, um, buddy. How we doing, real man? Quick, with the Jacksonville Colts thing with the, the Hickey's Pixies you just did. Um, I was at the game. I forgot what year it was. Uh, Peyton Manning and Vinatieri and Dungy, I think it was the year of the Super Bowl, the Saints Super Bowl maybe, and the, the the guy, it was a Thursday night football game, and the lineman was shot from Jacksonville, and he came out and did the coin toss and, and, and drove up there, and I was the only one in the Colts, Peyton Manning jersey, and um, Peyton Manning's coming off of the tunnel, and he throws his hat, and he actually signed the hat that he wore on the sidelines, and he must have saw me with the Peyton Manning jersey or whatever. He throws me the hat. Some little Jacksonville kid reaches out out of nowhere oh, no. and grabbed the hat out of the midair above the tunnel when they were coming, you know, through the tunnel or whatever. And just, when you said that, that just made me think about Jacksonville primetime games. Back then it was Thursday night games. And then, you know, Peyton Manning uh, um, doing that or whatever. But um with that, with Pagano, he was a defensive-minded guy. Grixon, where were you with, with that regime back then? Because that's kind of what state, the, the Chargers are. And with McAfee and everything else, those guys, I think uh, he draft, or they had a good relationship. It came from the Colts. Um, Tom Telesco. Uh, uh, yeah, Telesco or whatever. So where were you back with Grixon and Pagano? Because he was a defensive-minded guy, but the Colts had the worst defense back then. <laughs> Had the worst defense, and really Bruce Arians, too, that, that first year with Andrew Luck's rookie year really took off. Um, but, I mean, Grigson, that's like, that's, I mean, Beck, you know, that's like saying Voldemort, man. That's that's a name that he he ended Andrew Luck's. There's only one person, and I appreciate the call, Beck, so I run up against it. There's one person I blame for Andrew Luck's retirement. I have no ill will towards Andrew Luck whatsoever. It's Ryan Grigson. Never got an offensive line, left about to dry, kept drafting receivers late, and got Andrew Luck hurt. All right, when we return here, Biggest game, I think, of Week 15, Dallas at the Bills. Who's more pressure to win Sunday? Is it the Cowboys or is it the Bills? Let's discuss next. It's Hick at Night right here, CBS Sports Radio.